Matters. Welcome to Dork Matters, a podcast for and by dorks about things that dorks care about. It's a very broad, broad umbrella. But that's why we love it. Yeah, we, we did it so that we can just talk about anything we want to. And I am your dad dork, Ben Rankle. And I am Lexi Hunt. Also a dork. Also a dork. Also a big dork. I'm a, you know what I'm a dork about today, Ben? What are you dork about today? I'm a dork about Archie Comics. Smooth transition. I love it. I like to try. Yeah. It made me very happy. Great transition. All right. So Archie Comics was first published in 1941 and was a catalyst to the original publishing magazine company to rename itself from MLJ Magazines, Inc. to Archie Comics Publications in 1946. And since then, there's been lots of offshoots, um, including a stint in the whole superhero genre, the horror um, kind of category, and even the Christian side of things. That's my upbringing, the, the, the Christian. is the Christian side of Archie Comics. So we had just boxes full of the double digest from the grocery store as well. But at one point, my mom, my mom brings us in and she goes, look, look, it's Al Hartley, the guy who draws Archie. He does these other versions of Archie. And they're Christian. Archie's a Christian. And I got to read a few of those Spire comics, um, which is who licensed it. Um, They were preachy as hell. Even I knew that as like a 10-year-old. I can't even imagine. I always thought Archie was pretty... Yeah. Yeah, you take sort of moralistic white bread Americana Archie, and then you say, but is he godly enough? What can we do to make him preach more? And the answer to that question is a whole lot of uh, sort of uh, pedantic asides where he literally just sort of preaches at you with giant speech bubbles. So in this Christian Archie universe, is he still two-timing Betty and Veronica? <laughs> it's a really good question. I actually can't answer that. Oh. All I remember is him saying no to drugs and pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Archie's weird fever dream. Yeah, as opposed to Archie's weird mysteries, which we like. We like that side of Archie. <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, I, uh, those Al Hartley comics were a notable part of my upbringing into like sort of the comics world and Archie world and, and sort of that weird subsection of Christianity, which was Christian comics in the late 80s and 90s. Wow, I, and that's something I had no experience with. I thought... Archie was already pretty, you know, Christian, pretty safe. And one of the reasons why I thought my parents were so okay with buying me 18 million, because like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's Archie. Yeah. What's he going to do? Like he and Jughead are going to fight over a hot dog and then they're going to share it. And I don't know. Well, you missed the cut where he got Betty pregnant and had an abortion. That's this season's Archie. <laughs> That's contemporary. Now we're talking about Riverdale. Yeah. Anyhow, next on our list of just sort of points for everybody here. In 2010, a purposeful shift in writing made the comics address some more serious topics such as cancer, gun control, death, marriage, alternate realities, and the re- introduction of Riverdale's first openly gay character, Kevin Keller. That was something that was really, that was news to me because I going back and doing a little bit of research... I thought I knew all these things about Archie. And then when I read about that, that was really nice to see. I thought, oh, yeah, that's 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 good of them to try to, you know, update in a way that's a little more authentic and um, representational of the people that are reading it. So that was that was a nice little surprise. Yeah. I mean, because uh, aside from the fact or in spite of the fact that, like, we have this strong connection to Archie comics, both of us from reading them in our youth and like you know, garage fulls of double digest books from the supermarket. I'm willing to bet neither of us were picking up like single issues uh, of, of the comic, maybe ever. I don't think I ever actually bought like a subscription to Archie or anything like that. No, no. It's those, those fat, you know, two ninety nine books that we got at the grocery store. So we wouldn't have caught something like Kevin Keller, even if we were actively reading Archie comics mm-hmm. at the time of his creation. So then is it a little like pandering like, we have an actual gay character, but not really. It's, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know. Dan Parent, I've uh, met a couple times. He's uh, the creator of the character and uh, longtime Archie artist and, and writer. But uh, uh, he seemed genuine in his interest to introduce the character from, you know, 
my very brief readings about what he was up to and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, you get a big media sort of situation or a big like property like that. And it feels a bit disingenuous anytime they sort of bring somebody in. Yeah, that's a great point. Half of people going, you're just pandering. Why is this guy even in Riverdale? And the other half going like... Because gay people exist. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's weird. But yeah. They specifically talked about Dan Parent advocating for this uplift of, you know, representation and increasing the diversity of Riverdale and the characters in Archie. And I really appreciated that. And then knowing that it was the folks in charge were all for it. And that's lovely to see that you don't have to really convince people to go that route. So that was, that was nice to see. Now, from what I've read about um, the publishers, um, especially, I think the current publisher is actually the original publisher's son, but they have generally been pretty up for allowing the characters to try out new things, dead stuff, you know, the reboot, sexy Archie reboot. Yeah. With Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. Um, what else? They've done a lot of stuff that's out there and kind of interesting. So I think it's kind of mm-hmm. consistent to do something that bucks maybe the norms of when the character was introduced. But, he, you know, it was a fair bit after, like, it's not like it was the 90s and it was Ellen or something like that. Like, Kevin, Kevin showed up in the 2000s, like, groundwork had been laid. I guess it was bold for Archie comics more than it was bold for society or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. So what is around 2015 where Archie really had the full overhaul of new identity, um, an update for the look of all the characters, and also that um, new, more contemporary approach to the storylines. And there were times looking at some of the double digests where you'd have a very content like Archie's on his cell phone he's texting people and then the next one it looks like are they in the 1950s yeah that's because they grabbed the back like those those stories from previously published issues of like I don't know pep comics or whatever it was called at the beginning and would shove those in with like some purpose drawn uh stories which were drawn for like the digest and then other just recent stuff from the modern released issues of Archie comics. So yeah, it was a real mixed bag, but uh, it always seemed weird to me when Archie didn't have a jalopy that was breaking down. Oh, I loved the jalopy. The jalopy was almost like its own character. Yeah, I understand why it's a, you know, busted up convertible at this point, like the more modern vehicle, but it's still- uh... But who do you know that drives a convertible ever? Nobody. Like old 58 year old dudes who were like, this is cool. And I guess so. Yeah, old white guys with, you know, more money than they should have. <laughs> but then they're not even like the broken down, they're beautiful, sleek. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen somebody driving around in a sort of semi, semi running state convertible like Archie does. But hey, that's comics. Well, and that's also, is that America? I don't, I don't know. Is that common Americans? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Because up, up here in the old frozen north, yeah, we have about three months out of the year where you can use your top-down car. Yeah, and let me tell you, with the weather being somewhat nice out, the cars are just are ripping up and down with their tops down. Yeah. So maybe this is normal in other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, convertibles. I'm sure there's lots of hand-me-down convertibles in other parts of the world. Just doesn't make sense here. No, I also don't really understand the point of convertibles. You can't hear anything. It's super loud. Your hair, there's bugs everywhere. Shit goes in your car. Like, isn't it dirty? Don't you want a roof? I think that's just something people like. People want all that. They want to collect what they can while they're driving and see what they have inside the backseat when they get home. And a lot of those guys don't have hair anymore, (laughs) so it's not really a big deal. It's not in your face. You know what I always thought was cool? And I don't know why, because it completely goes against what I just said. But the Jeeps that had the zipper doors and no roof, no back or anything. I always thought, man, that's so cool. Cause it looks like what they would drive on mash. It looks like, yeah, it's exactly like mash. Are we doing a mash episode at some point? Oh, we need to do a mash episode for sure. Oh God. I was super into mash. Were you super into mash as like a team? I'm rewatching it right now, Ben. And I think with that, that brings us into uh, the beginning of our yeah. show. Welcome. <laughs> 
it's probably not great to put your theme song halfway through your show. No. We can, when we're editing, we can find a good place to pop it in. Talking about sort of the characters and, and uh, who they are in the comics, let's get away from Riverdale. Matters. Let's leave that alone and let's uh, let's get into let's get into the characters themselves, the main cast, and who are they and what do we think about them? How do we feel about these these core group of white kids from suburban America? Archie Andrews. He is the quintessential all-American or what I thought an all-American was Mm -hmm. he had mom who stays home all day and bakes a dad who smokes a pipe and reads a newspaper it's kind of a moron but he means well and (laughs) that's some shots fired there I'm not saying Americans are morons I'm just you know he's a teenage boy floats through life and things work out for him in spite of his uh, yeah his complete lack of sort of attempt to direct his own happenings and uh i could see how that'd be frustrating for nearly anyone who isn't a straight white (laughs) cishet male he definitely anyone who's ever taught in a high school or teenagers in any capacity i think you see aspects of all teenagers in a character like archie Mm -hmm. they don't know why they do things they just do them Sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. I felt that way till I was like 25. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I still kind of feel that way. I don't know why I did anything today. Did I eat? Did I brush my teeth? I don't know. I remember having this one moment where like I was doing a whole bunch of dumb screwed up stuff and yet still people were helping me and helping me sort some shit out and like things were sort of working out for me. And I was like, wow, everything just sort of goes okay for me. And I don't really understand why. I think I'm just super lucky. And then, you know, snap to like 10 years later, where I'm like, Oh, privilege. (laughs) Oh, that's why everything always turned out okay. So maybe that's Archie. Yeah, maybe if you were to look up privilege, white privilege, in the dictionary, it should just be a picture of Archie. Yeah. So was he a character that you actually liked then? or I was never rooting for him. He was just kind of, he was the catalyst of the story. He was the driver. I would liken him to he he's the celery no one likes celery but you use celery to get the. that's i, I love celery. no you don't you're a liar you use celery to get the dip no i like celery it's a spoon it's an edible spoon i mean it is nature's spoon archie andrews is nature's spoon he's just there to get to the store perfect that's lovely <laughs> he means well he serves a purpose he's yeah. he's harmless He's functional. He's functional, but he really is just there to get the story out of the other surrounding characters. The more interesting characters. I think we're in agreement there. Archie's boring uh, on his own, left to his own devices. He's not that interesting. He is a, yeah, as you said, an instigator of more interesting happenings. So so that brings us to a character that I think could be controversial. Um, <laughs> Probably not. But not for us, I don't think. Betty. Betty Cooper. Betty Cooper, but uh, Elizabeth, is it Elizabeth something Cooper? I don't know. I, I just remember one of the comics where she explained what a Cooper was. Right. A shoe person. It's No, it's a person who makes barrels. Oh, so close. You're thinking of a cobbler. Yeah, shoes and barrels are, you know, you put stuff in them. They're basically the same. Either one could hold either thing that goes into the other one it's true you can drink out of both no i tried to find betty cooper and i accidentally got uh the riverdale wikipedia entry instead of the archie comics one. shows you how popular that show has become no thank you um okay well wikipedia just has her as elizabeth cooper i guess she has no middle name that's fine it's uh sort of fitting non-entity she's a non-entity she goes through some interesting sort of changes as far as her sort of characterization. Archie, uh, sorry to throw us back for a quick second. Uh, Archibald Chick Andrews, as he wanted to be called in at least the first issue, definitely goes from being sort of this grandstanding puckish or dickish character to more of the sort of pablum that we end up with. And uh, Betty is somebody who maybe goes the opposite. She starts out, I think she's a little bit more 
conniving at first. And uh, I, I see her as a character from like my, my readings of the, du- the double digest over the years to be one who sort of gets a little bit more, I don't know if agency is the right word, but more characterization as she goes along. They give her a little bit more to do than to try to steal Archie away from Veronica, which seemed to be sort of the, the crux at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's she's pretty boring. I don't find her that interesting. I never really related to her because the times that she was sniveling over Archie, I would just be mad at her. Yeah. I would think, pull yourself together, woman. Who gives a shit about this mindless teenage boy? I I felt this kind of, oh, poor me victimization of herself. And I thought, like, you're a babe. Just move on or don't let yourself be used this way. But I agree. I think that she her character has been fleshed out in some of the stories where she doesn't want him or she and Veronica are working together towards some type of common goal. And she she's kind of living on her own for her own purpose. And I do like, I like those stories more, but for whatever reason, every time she and Veronica would fight, it would just make me like Veronica more. Yeah. Because so much of it, I thought with Veronica, she'd be like, meh, then I'm going to go out with Reggie or I'm going to go out with this other dude, or I'm going to go do me. And Veronica's got self-esteem. Yeah. And I just was so frustrated with Betty. Cause I was like, come on woman, like have some self-respect. One of the things that I do appreciate about Betty is uh, on the rare occasion where she teams up with Reggie and they start doing their thing and causing trouble. And uh, that, that is when Betty's at her best. Even her niceness seems fake. I feel you. Right? Nobody's that nice. No one's that nice. And this, oh, poor me. Archie never picks me. And then she goes and does something like horribly malicious and really calculated. I always thought that she was a little more evil than Veronica. And Veronica kind of had this dark Maven-esque type reputation maybe but she was just being her she veronica was always veronica she's sincere yeah let's get into veronica then uh everyone's favorite riverdale female presenting person veronica veronica lodge yeah she's definitely the one i had the crush on sometimes cheryl blossom Meh. i felt like they all were trying a little too hard to be something Yeah. And at the same time, too, reading them when I was growing up, I always thought, is that what a high schooler is supposed to look like? No. They have very pronounced boobs. (laughs) (laughs) They did have very pronounced boobs. At least the bras changed over the years, the way those were depicted. Yeah. They stopped being quite as missile-like. I just thought they these were women. And the way that they carried themselves and behaved, it was this very stereotypical approach to what women should be they need to have long nails they need to be super skinny they need to this that and the other thing that's the americana yeah that's your apple pie again that's you know you're getting to all the things that make america the quagmired mess it is is these sort of iconographic representations of what they expect from humans well and even like you you said so there's betty she's a blonde and so if you like blondes then there's someone for you to like if you like veronica you like brunette so there's brunette and then there's a redhead and i always kind of thought what happens if you don't like any of them yeah you want somebody with no hair you got mr weather (laughs) or maybe an asian person or (laughs) america i don't think are there asian people in riverdale not until uh, Riverdale High merges with that other school, the name of which I cannot place. Oh. And suddenly there yes. are I forgot about that. some non-white people aside from Chuck and Nancy in the school. We like Veronica. Veronica's sincere. She knows what she wants. She goes out to get it. She's got yeah. self-esteem. And she is. And she does not make apologies. She does not. Mm-hmm. She is who she is. Try to adjust what she's looking for to accommodate others. It just happens to be that for some reason, Archie is what she's looking for. I guess she wants somebody pliable. 
I always felt bad for Mr. Lodge because they're to watch your daughter who has all this promise and really every single privilege in the world. She comes, she's white middle upper class. She is in a small town where basically she can do anything she wants because the lodges own everything and have more money than God. Mm-hmm. And she picks this bozo who doesn't seem to really have drive. He's kind of two timing her. He's not really going anywhere. That must've been very frustrating for Mr. Lodge. And the older I get, the more I'm like, man, I, I'm, <laughs> I understand more of why he was like these idiot kids getting into all this trouble all the time. And all I want them to do is study and make the most of the privilege that's been given to them. And instead they're just kind of like squandering it, but they don't even know that they're privileged. And sometimes when they talk about uh, Veronica's house, and how they would just use her pool and show up and treat the house like it was theirs. It again, just rubbed me the wrong way of don't you understand so many people in the world don't have anything like that. And you guys are just acting like it's owed to you. Yeah, of course I can go when Veronica's not there and I can just totally use her pool to wash my dog. That's Jughead for you. I love Jughead. At some point, you need to stop trying to control the person your daughter's dating in high school, though, and just sort of move on. Like, you're making this a thing. That is true. By not just letting her do what she needs to do here, you're, you're pressing on this situation. And honestly, you're just going to drive her away from you. You're going to cause all sorts of problems. She's going to end up pregnant at 19 and, uh, you know, asking you to have Archie move in. And they're going to start their lives and their family together. And that's going to happen because you won't just back off and let her date the dumb guy. It's a high school relationship. She's going to break up with him at some point. Mr. Lodge, just chill. Yeah. I think it's fair to say, I don't approve of this relationship because X, Y, Z. And then you've said your piece. She makes her decision. If she does date the idiot, then you know what? She made her choice. I feel like we've gotten progressively more negative about Archie as we've talked about other characters. The idiot. <laughs> this dummy. This, this ginger. <laughs> this, this chump. It, but he is harmless. He's not dragging her out to some like opioid den at 2 a.m. He's taking her out for, for malt, for malt milkshakes. <laughs> at the chocolate shop. And then forgetting to drive her home because he got ate too much ice cream. Like really? Oh, uh, he got ice cream drunk. We've all been there. <laughs> His tummy was distended, Ben. He couldn't get into the jalopy. Physically distended. (laughs) All right, that's Veronica. Reggie, I think everyone's favorite character. He is, you know, when you see those, um, like, definitions of what chaotic neutral or chaotic good, I see Reggie in that constantly. Like, Where do you put him? Reggie is, to me, chaotic good. Oh, chaotic good. Interesting. Because he has a good heart, but he's kind of, he's like Loki. I wonder if we see his good heart in comics. I think you have moments of where he, he there's, it's not often, but there'd be one or two moments. I guess I personally see him as chaotic neutral. I, I see him as more like interested in disrupting things for the sake of entertainment most of the time. Yeah. Okay. I would, I would agree more to that. I think, then, yeah. yeah, he dips into bad and good occasionally, but mostly he's just sort of malevolently bored. There are epi- like episodes, there are comics that literally start with him going, Hmm, what am I going to do today? And then Archie walks by and he goes, I'm going to go mess up that dude. I guess I'll mess with Archie. <laughs> his interest in Veronica seems mostly to be about either improving his station their sort of uh, alignment via class, like, oh, we're the same sort of uh, wealth and power, so we should probably date. And then... Was he wealthy? He was positioned to be better off than Archie, for sure. He had, like, a new car and... Oh, yes. Yeah, he seemed to sort of be positioned as having a bit more money than the the uh, Andrews family. Yeah, I I seem to remember the new car thing. And he always seemed like he was slightly better dressed... And he always struck me as being more intelligent than Archie. I appreciate that might not be that difficult to do, but Reggie seemed like, you know, he had uh, he had an understanding of how the world works that was completely missing to oblivious Archie. Yes. 
and maybe that's why he was so frustrated. I like I seem to remember like Archie was the f- captain of the football team and for Reggie to be like I am also equally as athletic. I'm far more intelligent than this individual. We're literally the same character model with different hair. Reggie is a cat. Reggie is a cat. Mm-hmm. You can sort of make your guesses as to what's uh, going on in his head, but we're never really going to know what motivates him. And it very likely is boredom, same as same as a cat. So if he murders Archie... That'd be quite a turn. Yeah, he killed Archie. Series over. He wasn't malicious. He was just bored. <laughs> does that happen in Riverdale? Is Reggie the murderer? Reggie does not, unfortunately, show up in Riverdale as much as he should. What's the point? He should be such an important character, but instead they've given sort of his role as one of the dating high schoolers to Jughead and sort of remove Jughead's asexuality, which we have now gotten into yet. That's what I quite enjoyed about Jughead. Yeah. He was kind of this omnipotent Buddha-like figure that absolute pandemonium chaos would be happening and he would just float on by. And I always liked him because I I thought of my I was a very emotional child. I got upset easily. I took things very personally and I wanted to be like Jughead. It's me. You're Jughead? Yeah. No, no, I'm you. I wanted to be Jughead. Wildly emotional, took things personally constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still that. Well, uh, yeah, I I worry that I think I've grown up more than I actually have sometimes. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm Jughead now. No, I'm still Betty. No, yeah. I'm, I don't know, Dilton? I'm not that smart. Moose? Oh, no, I'm Moose. There's worse things you could be. Marmaduke Moose. That's his real name is Marmaduke. Marmaduke. Okay. Reggie. Reggie's a cat. Reggie's cool. We like Reggie. We like Reggie. He's interesting. He's never boring no. on the page. He's always, when he shows up, something's going to happen and it's going to be good reading. Oh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy that story. We got Jughead next. And Jughead is, as you said, our sort of Zen master, um, our role model, our aloof teen god a wisdom and an above it allness that was far beyond his high school age i loved him much like the breasts of the female characters <laughs> jughead is far the breasts of the gay <laughs> far beyond where they should have been for the age the thing that i liked about jughead is that it was just him he wasn't chasing a girl he wasn't obsessing about Archie getting the girl or he was just living his life he was happy and he was hungry at all times and I I loved him for that and I still think that he is probably the strongest character out of all of them plus he had a dog that was an adorable giant white mess hot dog yeah what what kind of breed would you call that I always thought he was an English sheep dog all right I'm down with that and that kind of rounds out our main cast for us now we know what we think about those characters. <laughs> we like Jughead and Reggie and the rest of them can pound sand. I mean, I still like Veronica too. Yeah, I, I, I liked her more than Betty. Yeah, I'd leave it there. <laughs> All right, final <laughs> verdict. Archie, what? Who cares? Yeah. Betty, the verdict is not good. Yeah. Veronica, she aight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take uh, her. Reggie, we like Reggie. Reggie's interesting. We like Reggie. Jughead mm-hmm. is who we all aspire to be. Yes. And Mr. Lodge is a sort of, uh, I don't know, sad guy. Relatable curmudgeon. Yeah, I get where he's coming from in some senses, but I think he's got to chill out. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with him. No. But I can see why he's constantly frustrated with that group of kids. It's an ad. (laughs) This is an ad. This is a break. Who's, Who's that, that Pokemon? Pokemon? <laughs> Voltorb. It was Voltorb. This is the only Pokemon you couldn't guess when it showed up because it's a fucking ball. It's either uh, Electro, whatever, Electrode or, or Voltorb. And you don't know. And it was always the one that you weren't thinking of. Yeah, because those are the only two without a distinct uh, outline. They're just circles. Uh. I'm all about Machop because 
Is that like a sexy turtle with a six pack wearing spandex? <laughs> you can decide if he's a sexy turtle. He's constantly, he thinks he's sexy. He's constantly like flexing. And, oh, and apparently you do as well. Hey man, it's got buns for days. That's the weird thing about Pokemon Snap when he's out on the beach flexing. You're like, am I taking pictures? And he's just constantly flexing and posing. Yeah, it's and hot. what am I supposed to do with that? Come on, yeah, ben. yeah, yeah. Machop fucks. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> Wait, I just realized. I think Machop's the kid. Which one? No, the the big man. Machomp. Machomp. Machamp. Holy shit! I gotta look this up. We may have just called the kid Pokemon sexy. <laughs> the big tall one, not the child one. Yeah, they know what we mean. Not the one in the purple dress. Yeah, Machop is the child. This is oh. Machop. There's Machop for you. Yeah, sexy Lexi. <laughs> Here I was passing all this shade on Miss Grundy. Yeah, it's then you. Then what do I go and do? You were the Miss Grundy the whole time. <laughs> I actually have a brain tumor. Every every show has a Miss I'm Grundy. I'm Miss Grundy. And you are. Look out, kids. How do we fit this into our RG episode? Who cares? <laughs> Every episode we talk about Pokemon for just five minutes. Just five minutes. Let's switch back. Okay, people, that's called our Pokemon break. Welcome back. It was Mach- it was Machamp. <laughs> that's who the Pokemon was. <laughs> oh. uh, our second segment, we're going through relationship status. Who works? Who doesn't? Who do you want to see try? You're this is the Maury approach to River. TMZ. <laughs> Who's dating now? Uh, and we should be clear, we are not doing Riverdale. So let's let's get into some relationships that mess us up. Moose, Mason, and Midge Clump. What the fuck? What? I couldn't believe her last name was Clump. Like, that is unfortunate. Uh, spoiler alert. She dies in the TV show. She gets fucking murdered at the end of the second season. Or beginning of the third, I don't know. Who doesn't get murdered in that show? The main cast. Does Moose kill them? No, Moose comes out as gay. Or bisexual, I can't I remember. Mean... But either way, yeah. yeah. No, he's bi, he's not gay. Just want to be accurate, that's all. They don't want to do bi erasure. I like that that gives him a little bit more substance because in the comics, like, oh, Moose. Yeah, he's... He is what you'd expect from the archetypal, big, strong, dumb guy. He starts every sentence with, duh. Yeah. He does. It's good writing. (laughs) Duh. Um, Hi, Archie. So in some of the future stuff, the further on stuff, I think they get into some of his learning disabilities. No. And then at some point in one of the future ones, because, you know, there's those two stories where Archie, or three, I guess, Archie marries Betty, Archie marries Veronica, and then the third one where he marries Val from the Pussycats. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Who, honestly, yeah. Hell yeah. I always liked Val. Val was the jughead. Val was my Sabrina in the Pussycats crush. Oh, And yes. in the movie, even more so. Rosario Dawson. I was thinking about that today. Oh my God, my She heart. was made for that role. She did such a good job. I quite liked that movie, if anything, because it really brought rosario dawson into my life it's so weird for me because i was already a huge fan of uh her from men in black Mm. yes um uh she did the role of uh what mimi in rent yeah i yeah i think it was Mimi. she was the only she was the only one who did not like she was the only cast member of the movie version that was not um yeah the original stage production uh coming back for her role and then yeah yeah and now she's ahsoka tano which is I, wild at first when that was announced i was like okay i love her i'm gonna wait and see how she does this because i felt exact same right? reservation like how do you take that character into the meat space well and ahsoka like i always found her very annoying she's definitely annoying more annoying in the first oh. couple seasons of the clone Clone Wars TV show. But then in Mandalorian, oh my god, did such a great job. And now I'm just like, when when do we get more? I cannot wait well, for that. She's getting her own show, so I'm sure we'll talk about that at some oh, point in the future. Amazing. So Moose and Mitch, how did that happen? What's Mitch seeing Moose? <sighs> do you think it's the caregiver kind of fetish of like 
you really want to take care of this person and um, she sees in Moose a person that she can really nurture and care for. It could be that, sure. Um, I think my head canon is more that you have, again, the same body type as every other female. Literally, I don't mean that like as a like, oh, they're just all the same. I mean, she's literally the same like traced outline of every oh, other female yeah, character. All of them are. So in my mind, this woman has probably faced harassment. Uh, I mean, Reggie alone just can't can't give her any space. And, uh, you know, so she found somebody who is going to help minimize the kind of interactions that women don't want to have to experience in life. You know, that's really, I remember my dad telling me about, um, it's the whole, like, Jackie Kennedy situation of why did she marry after JFK was assassinated? She married, a, like, a mobster, didn't she? I know nothing about this. Yes, she did. Oh, she, yeah, um, because when she married into the Onassis family, I think, and I don't know, I could be 100% wrong, my understanding was there were rumors that they were mobsters or that they had some type of ties to organized crime. And was it because she was afraid? And this was a family that would then protect her because yeah. they still don't know who killed JFK. There's tons of theories and conspiracy and blah, blah, right. blah. But can you imagine how terrifying would that be to have your spouse murdered in front of you, on you, next to you, all over you, and to have the entire country be like, mm, we don't know who it was. And then to kind of marry into this world that, even if it isn't tied to organized crime, is just so, so different. Mm-hmm. It's to get yourself out of that situation. And so find a place seeing as that this happened in like the 1950s, mm-hmm. like Archie Comics, I mean... To have that type of relationship of Midge being protected by this big oaf makes total sense. Yeah. Her previous boyfriend was assassinated while they were driving in a car together. And Moose's family is uh, some shipping magnates. (laughs) She moved into the Mason family. We're just filling out the backstory here, folks. Yeah, it's a a weird dynamic. Um, Moose gets some, like some help with his rage later on. Midge, I don't think ever really becomes anything. I don't know. Like I haven't read any of the recent sort of single issue comics, but as far as I know, Midge hasn't really evolved as a character. She's short haired Veronica. And more with a Betty personality. Just is she getting herself into situations? Yeah. Purposefully that are going to piss off Moose. Well, all, all we know is, like, yeah, her only real character trait is that she flirts with Reggie and Reggie gets chased out by Moose. Yeah. And that's Midge. So why is she with Moose? Who cares? It's an Uncle Phil and ja- DJ Jazzy Jeff's kind of uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah. Where Moose is Uncle <laughs> Phil, who's actually an erudite judge. They're the same, but they're both big. Even as like, you know, a young kid reading this, I thought, why was she with this guy? He's so controlling and bossy. And then she keeps getting into situations that piss him off. And I I kept thinking, like, you got one of two options here. Either stop doing that or leave him. Like, (laughs) do you like him being upset all the time? Is that what this is? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not saying. Yeah. And she is. She knows what he's like. And she continues to do a certain thing and it causes a response in him. Like, so you either enjoy upsetting him. You don't see it. Like, it's still problematic. You you don't own people. That's awful. But why are you with this guy? And so it kind of, it gets into that territory of why do abused people stay stay with their abusive partners? And there's so many books and podcasts and videos and documentaries about that's a very common thing that, um, spouses and partners in abusive relationships continue to stay with them because of so many other reasons and they really midge and moose really lean into that territory there's a lot of unhealthiness there isn't there oh so unhealthy well good luck guys (laughs) i'm glad that moose is getting help but midge also needs help yeah i mean i'm not sure for what well i think some trauma too because then are you in are you the abused spouse that mm. needs to have some kind of counseling about what a normal, healthy relationship and power dynamics look like? Mm. You know, it's not 
the ownership of that type of relationship goes both ways because like you need to own how you see yourself too and that you deserve to be in a relationship where you aren't being abused yeah verdict therapy get midge some help (laughs) therapy (laughs) we figured you out moose and midge and the answer is therapy you hear that archie comics for everybody it's actually probably a running theme here all right Let's get into our next one. Well, this one's not even necessarily a relationship, but Ethel Muggs and Jughead Jones. Hmm. <laughs> Ethel is constantly chasing after Jughead. Jughead isn't interested. Is that abuse? Yes. Yeah, I agree. It totally. <laughs> he said no, Ethel. A million times. Yeah. And I also, I, I don't like the way I... I understand that as the series progressed, they took her from less this weird bumpkin looking character to more of just a normal looking person who isn't as purposefully buck tooth. And I really didn't like the stereotype that they gave her. Yeah, she's just so awkward and unrelatable. And Betty and Veronica were constantly trying to... um, Critify her. She's all that her. Yeah, they wanted to. Yeah. She's all that her. And Jughead still wasn't interested. And to me, I was like, okay, well, you did the stereotype thing. He's not interested. Canonically, he's asexual, from what I understand. Um, there, although there's some room on that. So he was written as asexual in the more recent version of his comics in the sort of post reboot era. Um, oh God, I'm blanking on who wrote that. I think it was Ryan North and I'm blanking on the artist's name, which sucks, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know if that, that's actually flowed over into like the, the digest style comics or whatever. Um, or if that even matters to those comics or, or how that works, but yeah, uh, at least as far as, you know, published single issue sort of comics go floppies, he's, he's canon ace and yeah so people were expecting that from the tv show at all and did not get that i think i that's maybe why i had a hard time too like the whole miss grundy thing and then jughead really getting in there i just thought that's so not him everything about his character is asexual really yeah it sort of fits with the characterization of the of of jughead up until that point so yeah, it's it's disappointing to see them not being brave enough to carry that over into, you know, a show, a teen show like Riverdale, where the representation might have been really great for some people. Because there's so many kids out there that that's such a you look to like we look to Degrassi to kind of find out what's a normal type of relationship or gender identity or sexuality. And so that would have been a great way to address and say this is a normal thing. It's OK to be asexual. Yeah, Riverdale could have swung for Degrassi, but instead they landed at, I don't know, One Tree Hill, oh. the OC. <laughs> Look, the, the OC. thing that you need to know about Jughead is that, uh, in case you haven't noticed, he's weird. He's a weirdo. He doesn't fit in, and uh, he doesn't want to fit in. And have you ever seen him without that stupid hat on? Because that's weird. But that's what I liked about him. Oh, I'm just quoting one of his actual speeches from... Oh. Uh, is that what he said? That's terrible. It's great. It's actually become a meme. Cole Sprouse really sells it. Now we're leaning into like Clint from Stardew Valley. Don't you see my hat? I wear a fedora for a reason. Oh man, Clint wishes he was Jughead. <laughs> Even on his worst day, his worst characterization, his worst Riverdale interpretation, he's still no Clint. <laughs> we spit when we say the name Clint. <laughs> Clint, you bastard. <laughs> All right. Who are we next on? Wow, this is the big one. Okay, Archie, Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, Reggie, et al. It starts as a triangle, but now it's some sort of trapezoid or... or the octagon. A pentagram, pexagram, a telegram. I don't think they deserve each other. Like, all of them can do better. Except Archie. Except for Archie. He's He's, he's above his weight class, and he knows it. He doesn't know it. Some part of him must know it. Yeah, he's entitled. He thinks it's owed to him. I always think of it as, do you guys really want to wind up together? 
really, or is this just like the chase? Well, and they answered that. Archie wants both of them. He wants to marry them both in some sort of polygamous arrangement. No, they did their what ifs and he marries them both. And I don't remember what happens. I read those, but uh, I think he ends up being like an executive in Lodge Industries when he marries Veronica. And he ends up like the principal of Riverdale High when he marries Betty. Okay. Or something like that. Or maybe the music teacher there. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, that's, I guess. But neither of them is also a choice. I like the Val route. That to me is a great route. They have so much in common because they're both musicians. I could feel like him, ha- like Val's at a whole other level. She's up here and he's really popular. They dip into that on the TV show too. And it's honestly the best relationship he has. And then she's like, I'm too good for you. You suck. Good for Val. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's the healthiest relationship for him, but probably not for her. I think Betty. So tell me about this whole Betty and Jughead thing on Riverdale. That that was a thing. Yeah, right? they, it's as far as I know, still a thing. But again, I dipped out at three and a half and I think they're on five now or finished five. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, they seem to have a pretty interesting dynamic. They basically become sort of like a Nancy Drew Hardy Boys duo where they solve mysteries. And uh, Jughead also has to deal with some family problems. Betty has to deal with some wild family problems in the series. Oh, what they do with the Cooper clan is just nuts. It's just out there. It's uh, it's some stuff. I do like Betty leaving that weird little octagon of toxicity. Not necessarily with Jughead from the comics, because as we said, Jughead is awesome as he is. Leave him alone. But I like her kind of leaving. Leave Jughead alone. (laughs) Just find somebody else. It's okay to date outside your friend group. It's fine. I think, I think, and this is sort of it, I think, is that they all just need to go to college and realize that they can fuck around. It's time to stop with this high school stuff. Let's get Riverdale high. Let's end it. Let's go to college. Riverdale Community College. I was going to say, not Riverdale U. It has to be. (laughs) Riverdale U. The University of Riverdale. There's about 50 people that go there. It's very similar to high school. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just need to realize they're in high school. At some point, these characters have to realize they're in high school. These relationships are going to be done very soon, and it's time to move on and start doing adult things. I don't see Reggie as being a partner for anybody there. No, Reggie is Reggie's partner. Not in any sincerity, yeah. Reggie will go off and find somebody at some point. It's not going to be Betty or Veronica. No. Or Cheryl. Could be Cheryl, actually. You think so? Do you think that they'd be a good pairing? I don't... I don't recall ever reading them interacting, but I could see them, see them ending up together. I feel like there was a dance once where Reggie threatened that he was going to go ask Cheryl to dance and Archie was like, no, but I want them all. I will say this about Archie comics. I learned a lot about Americana. As a Canadian, I really thought that is what American small towns were like. That there was a saw cop or a Sadie Hawkins dance. I didn't know what that was. I just thought it's what high school dances were called. The truth is much more depressing. Oh, what is it? Uh, Small town America is a place where jobs don't exist. Healthcare obviously is non-existent. And from what I've read and seen, they're very depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Not too different than Canadian small towns. (laughs) No. Maybe it's time to see Archie and the gang in that small town America. That would be really interesting. I would I would really like to see a gritty, not Riverdale over the top drama, but like a real look at what teenage life is in a small town in Canada, in America, in other places around the world. Yeah, I like that reboot. A, a gritty reboot of Archie in small town America that doesn't match the Americana. Yeah, just sort of real. real more than even just necessarily gritty yeah yeah so that'd be interesting and uh wow we got there off talking about the relationships yeah let's put these characters through more hell i mean hey they've been through a zombie apocalypse they've gotten married one of them became president somebody died there's the whole what if where she gets killed Mm -hmm. you know punisher came over at one point 
I was going to say there was a Punisher crossover. Yeah, so That's let's tough. put them in a realistic, small American town and see what happens to them then. I think that would be awesome. I'd love to read that. Yeah, me too. I'll, uh, I'm going to get Mr. Archie on the phone. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. Up. Let me just dial him on my phone. Is this Mr. Archie Andrews that runs the Archie Andrews comics? So did we wrap up the relationships? Um, none of them are great. None of them are terrible. They're all a bunch of stereotypes. They're all kind of unhealthy. Yeah, there's not a lot of great. I think Nancy and Chuck were the only healthy ones in, in Riverdale. Sure. But even then, they, we don't really know a lot about their relationship. No. Other than, like, they're the only two black people in town, so they must date each other. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate, but... Yeah. I wonder if that changes much with the re- with the introduction of the new the new students from the other school. Yeah, way more representation and diverse characters would be lovely to see. So I'm really glad that that happened. Yeah, we got to read some modern Archie comics. Well, Archie, it's been real. It's been a slice. Um, tune in next time when we return to Riverdale, <laughs> which is a terrible movie from the '90s. That is super depressing. And if you've never seen it, my recommendation is that you go watch it. Uh, Jughead is a bald therapist. Oh. Um, somebody's been sent to murder Archie. I, I have yet to hear the bad part of it. Yeah. That sounds very intriguing. The production value oh. is not great. And it looks like the 90s. But not the cool 90s. Um, I don't know about you, Ben. I'm really interested to know if people still have their Archie comics in their house somewhere. Oh. And if you do have them, how many? Where are they? How many? How many? Where are they? Send us a picture. My Archie comics have long since been recycled. And to this day, I am devastated. We still have a few digests because Fiona's mom gives her um, Archie comics. Her and her brother get Archie comics in their stocking still. That is adorable. It's super sweet. That's a great idea. And so I started giving Fiona Archie's and like our home stockings as well. That is a lovely tradition. Yeah. And you can still pick them up here in our supermarkets. Yeah. I flipped through one today at the old Sobeys. I am Ben Rankle. And I'm Lexi Hunt. Till next time. Dork Matters. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give a rating and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.